This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. I'm Smelly the dog. I am a mutt. I'm Smelly the dog. I'm super smiley. I am a cat too sweet to travel kitty. I'm a big girlfriend. Angel's really pretty. I have a pony and we share a big horse. We have a big yard. Yeah, we have to, of course. I have a pool. In the summer, I stay cool. Do a fountain, live in the mountain, live high on the hump. Need to be a spokes dog. I'm Smiley the dog. Woof and Super Smiles, welcome to a Super Smiley adventure on Pet Life Radio, the largest pet radio network in the world. I'm Megan Blake, the pet lifestyle coach, helping people find their perfect pet for their lifestyle, and then I help train them so they keep that pet forever. And breaking news, I'll be teaching a huge group dog training class every week in Greensboro, North Carolina at the gorgeous downtown LeBauer Park every Sunday at 4.30. So come join us to learn better dog communication, dog safety, and bite prevention for your kids. And today, we're here with my oh-so-handsome co-host, two-time shelter dog, Super Smiley. Here on a Super Smiley Adventure radio show, we explore adventures where animals lead. These can be adventures for fun or missions of animals animal advocacy, or inner journeys of self-discovery where our pets become our leaders and our teachers. And speaking of missions for animals and adventures, our guest today is at the top of that list. Cats, dogs, and horses he knows and has helped them all. He's the president and owner of the Reedsville Veterinary and Emergency Hospital. He's been named the Veterinarian of the Year. His dog, the little black Scotty named Peggy Sue, won Westminster's Best in Show and he and his Arabian horses have won over 15 U.S. and Canadian national championships. Okay, and to top all that off, he's a former president of the American Veterinary Medical Association. He's Dr. Joseph Canarney. Welcome, Dr. Canarney. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you today. Uh, I look forward to us talking about a great new happening in the dog world. Yep, something we all have to know about. And speaking of that, Dr. Canarney, first of all, thank you so much for all the wonderful care that you've given to Angel and Super Smiley. And they, they've been having a bit of a time lately, both of them, haven't they? <laughs> to catch our listeners they up. They sure have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad they have you, Dr. Canarney, to look after them. To catch our listeners up, Smiley was actually in a car accident, and he's working on his recovery. And Angel seemed to me overnight, I know it wasn't overnight, but it seemed that way, to develop a hot spot on her tail, which was covered with her long, luxurious German shepherd hair. So I never saw it until, I never even saw her licking it until that spot became bald. Of course, we went straight to Dr. Canarney, right, Dr. Canarney? Sure did, and hopefully we're on the way to recovery. Yep, yep. And I want to talk about this just for a moment. I know our topic is canine flu, but this is so imperative advice. It's such imperative advice for everyone listening. These hot spots, if they get infected, they can be very dangerous, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, like she had a hotspot on the tail, and I've Uh actually seen the infection get so deep and dogs chewing on it that I've actually seen them lose a tail. So any infection should not be taken lightly, and early treatment, early onset usually leads for a good result. So it's something that you don't want to set aside, and you've got to remember, a hotspot is infection. Absolutely, because a lot of people, they just, in the pet store, they can buy topical creams and things for hot spots. And people often think of hot spots as, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a hot spot. But I remember you looked right in my eyes and you said, if you don't keep your mouth off that, we may be amputating that beautiful tail. So I took it very, very seriously. And I wanted to share this with our listeners, right? And I bet she's looking better. 
<laughs> she is. Oh, oh, and I want to tell everybody about the wonderful high-tech coverage I have for her. I took a, what did you say, like an athletic sock and cut the toe out, and she's got an athletic sock on her tail. Does that work for you, Dr. Canarni? That works for me. As long as her <laughs> teeth and mouth stay away from that, she's going to be Okay, good, good. And um, speaking of that, how can somebody assess if, they're, if the hotspot is infected? How would they know? You know, infection is heat, swelling, pain, red. Okay. Okay. And, and got if you it. look at that, and you, and, and you know, when she came in, it was really red. It was it red, was hot, and, it was, and it was oozing. It was painful. Yeah. Was, yeah. And so that's infection. Got it. Actually, I found a cat one time who I adopted and kept her. She lived to be 26 years old. Absolutely. She did. She should have been in that longevity genetic testing. Her name was Priscilla. And when I first found her and rescued her, she had an abscess that had turned into blood poisoning. And that's systemic and that can kill them very quickly. Can a hot spot do that if it's left untreated? Well, you know, any infection, if it's not under control, can lead to further infections. And so if it ever goes systemic and it's spread to organs, then it becomes more difficult. So, but again, any infection, a tooth, you know, bad teeth, number one cause of bacterial endocarditis in the heart, as well as bacterial kidney infection. So any infection, and you may think it's mine, that can go anywhere. Got it. And Dr. Gennardi, thank you again for all this wonderful information about keeping our pets healthy. You joined us just before Christmas to talk about how we could keep our pets safe during the holidays. And now summer's here. We just talked about hot spots. But the topic of our show today, there's a serious canine flu going around that has been deadly. Did I hear that correctly? Deadly. We in North Carolina, we've had two dogs die from canine influenza. So, you know, that is deadly. So appropriate steps need to be taken to protect your pet from getting this not nice disease. Wow, the canine flu. And most of us have never even heard of a dog flu. And I want to know everything we need to know to keep them safe, what symptoms to look for. And we're going to hear all this need to know info right after the break. Smiley, can you wait? Good boy. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back on a super smiley adventure with the former president of the American Veterinary Medical Association and the current president and owner of the Reedsville Veterinary and Emergency Hospital, Dr. Joseph Canarni. Welcome back, Dr. Canarni. It's great to be talking with you today. <laughs> Thank you. Long time no see. Not really. Was I in there yesterday? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we need to stop meeting like this. <laughs> right. Now, Dr. Canardi, we're talking about the canine flu, and I'm looking at a map here of the United States, and it appears to me that there are two strains of this flu that have spread pretty much across the whole country. So is everybody vulnerable? Tell us about it. Well, you know, so it's a relatively new virus. So there's really no immunity in the population. Oh, 
Oh my gosh. So, so we're all, so any dog is vulnerable. And so what happens is the bird flu converted and became this dog flu. And then dogs were brought in from Asia. And, <gasps> and, and Chicago was the first one in 2015. And they probably came over from Korea. And then they exposed other dogs who had no immunity whatsoever. And we know that 80% of the dogs that come in contact with the flu and exposed to this virus will get it. So, and the viruses can live up to 24 hours and maybe even 48 on hard surfaces. So it's not like it dies real fast. So it can be spread easy. And then you can have dogs that don't show any signs and they can shed this virus for up to a month. Wait, wait, Dr. Garni, say that again. The dog can be non-symptomatic and is a carrier. Is that what you just said? Well, you can have a dog that contracts the virus and may or may not show bad signs but has the virus in them, and then they can be shedding that virus for up to a month. So That's really scary. This, it's, not like, scary. Right, yeah. it's not like you get sick, sick for four or five days, you shed the virus for four or five days, and it's over with. It can be up to a month. So, again, a dog that's sick today or contracted the virus today and, and may have either really, you know, the, the extreme signs like cough, not eating, uh, really, really lethargic, uh, they're getting discharged from their nose and eyes. And I've seen some dogs have fevers up to 106. So those dogs, you think, oh, and then they get over it in a couple mm-hmm. days or three. You know, just, again, just like people, it's very much, you know, what happens to us. But for another month, they can be shedding that virus. So it's out there. It's going to be there. So many things that we can do to prevent it. And first and foremost is vaccination. And the vaccine is pretty good vaccine. We give a vaccine, then a couple of weeks later, we give a booster and we know we get significant protection. And the other thing we know is and next week, there's going to be a national flu day for dogs that if we get more immunity in the environment and you get what we call kind of like a herd health immunity, we get broad protection. And again, the antibodies get into the environment and you're at least likely to do it. So that's a biggie. And then isolating sick animals and hopefully up to 30 days after their symptoms subside, again, decreases the likelihood. Good sanitation practices. If you know a dog has it and has been exposed to it, come in with really good disinfectant and clear the area. For me, I wash between every patient anyhow, but I'm really diligent of not only washing my hands now, but then I also use a chemical disinfectant to be extra cautious. You know, and so, and again, if you expose your dog to a, a lot of dogs, like going to the dog park, going to daycare, going to playtime, going to other things, you want to talk to your veterinarian first and foremost and see what they think is the best for your dog because they know your dog's health better than anyone. And then make sure you get vaccinated. And then if you're not sure about the environment you're going to, uh, you may not want to go there. And so like I know in the dog show world right now, we're seeing fewer dogs going to the shows while we try to get over this the happening now. And so I said in North Carolina, we've had two confirmed deaths from the flu. I've seen eight cases and there's cases from Florida to Illinois to Texas and, um, and every place in between. They've seen it in boarding kennels. So being, you know, just it's the old adage is common sense. If you, I speak to a lot of 
I go a lot of places. I do a lot of speaking. I'm exposed to a lot of people. I get the flu shot every year. Yeah. Um, if I were housebound and I didn't have people coming in, I probably wouldn't do that. So, you know, on one extreme, you got someone like me that I was in seven countries last year or eight or maybe more than that. And then, and I'm everywhere versus being in a glass bubble. So if you're in a glass bubble, the likelihood of you being exposed to something is unlikely. Right. If you're out there, again, I have a client that goes to PetSmart every other day for a dog to socialize and play and everything. And it's like, you need to be vaccinated. And so next week, as we're doing the um, this dog flu day and we're the pharmaceutical companies are helping promote it, one of the things is getting a lot of antibodies in the environment. And you kind of, it helps with overall protection and keeping the numbers down. A virologist from Cornell in his writing, as he put in in an article that we were interviewed for last week, he said, as long as, and I'll quote him, if these groups that want to rescue dogs from Asia continue to irresponsible, bring them into the United States, then this flu is going to be reintroduced and reintroduced. They will be bringing in, unbeknownst to them, infected dogs. So it's here. It'll probably, it'll come back. So we need to be proactive. Yes. And you just gave so much information. You just kind of summarized everything right there. And that all came from me looking at this map here where the dog flu is around. And, and one of my questions that you've touched on everything actually, but if one of our dogs gets the flu, how dangerous is it? If, if they get it before we get the shots, how worried do we need to get be and what do we need to do if they get the flu? So, you know, we know a lot of dogs have got the flu. And again, in okay. North Carolina, only two have died. So okay. like people, you know, the issue is, do you have pre-existing conditions? Okay. So are you immunosuppressed? Are you on cancer medication? Then you're more prone to have a complication. If you're exposed to something else and say get secondary kennel cough, the likelihood then of pneumonia is, is more likely. If you're really healthy, you take, you know, again, supportive care because we don't have a cure for a virus. So it's supportive care. It's helping them get through that. It's, it's watching their temperature. Most of the dogs will get over it, but they still get real sick. And again, there are dogs like old, older dogs or real young puppies that get it. As with older people or babies, they're more vulnerable to have complications. Right. So a middle-aged, real healthy, robust dog is not as likely to have an issue unless they have an underlying problem. And it's the secondary issues that come in. So if you have a dog that has a flu, has a real high fever, and then becomes extremely dehydrated, and you do nothing about that, then you're likely to have a problem. Right. That makes perfect sense. And and you mentioned that it had come in from Korea and these other countries. So it is not seasonal like a human flu. It's, it has nothing to do with the season. It has to do with the environment now. Is that correct? Correct. But what happens, you know, when you look at flus and people, as we close down ventilation and we do things, we're more apt to get issues. So we see it. It came in, as I said, it was first in Chicago, I think in 2015. But you get dogs that are congregated in areas and you have a lot of dogs and you have, you know, people touching dogs. So you go to a dog park and people are drinking at dogs drinking out of the same bowl. You just increase that risk. Right, right. And you mentioned the symptoms. Could you go over the symptoms again, what we should look for so we should rush our dog right to the doctor to be evaluated? What, what do we look for? So, you know, again, first and foremost, they probably start coughing some. And, you know, so, you know, again, you hear a cough, you hear sneezing, uh, not feeling good, lethargic, uh, going off their food. You know, you know your dog's better than I do. 
and you know when something's wrong with them before I do. So when they start just not acting right, they get lethargic, they said, uh, runny nose, runny eyes, kind of like us if we get the flu, that's what they're doing. So it, again, you can make the analogy that as we cough and feel bad and have a fever, that's the first thing. And, and we've documented with serology tests the patients that got it, but there was a big thing is supportive care. So we get the flu, plenty of fluids, we wrap up in a blanket, we stay warm, we stay hydrated, and that's what we want to do if our pet should get this. And it seems to me that, you know, some people will try to just ride it out themselves. They're like, oh, I'm going to tough this out. That with our dogs, we shouldn't do that. We should at least let a vet take a look at them and evaluate it and give us their professional advice. Would you say take right. your dog to the vet? Again, yeah, because, you know, even though we know more, most of them get over it. So what happens if you're that one dog and you don't know that it has uh, an immunosuppressive issue and they end up getting that secondary bacterial infection? So letting them see them and letting them guide you through the process and then kind of making that first contact, your veterinarian knows you have a sick dog and they probably won't prescribe an antibiotic to begin with unless they see an issue, but then all, all of a sudden they get a secondary infection and your veterinarian always know it, so you're one step ahead of it and you're on a faster road for treatment and cure. Yep, and that's what we want. Stay right ahead of all of this. And and Dr. Kanarni, you mentioned dog flu vaccination day, and I want to hear more about that and how to keep our dogs from being exposed in the first place right after this break. Smiley, can you wait? Good boy. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back, right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Get the stinky dog away from me. Bad breath and bad gas. PD stopped eating. All his hair fell out. Itching, licking, missing fur. At least $5,000 in vet bill. Creams, antibiotics, sprays. No results. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. The shedding is stopped and the itching is stopped. Her coat is not soft, it's silky, it's healthy and shiny and glossy. She's got life, she's got energy. Tons of energy, no more bad smell. Dynavite's the bomb. Dynavite is the best thing that's ever happened to my dogs, you know, besides me, of course. (laughs) 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Dynavite for life. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Jane Lynch, and I'm on a super smiley adventure. Woof, woof.
and we're back on a super smiley adventure with Dr. Joseph Canarney. Welcome back, Dr. Canarney. Great to be back. <laughs> so, there's actually an official dog flu vaccination day, is that right? Yes, and you know, it's a day that was the help of some of the pharmaceutical companies to come out and make it easier for veterinarians to be servicing and getting this vaccine in the hands of people and usually well like with us because of the help with the with the company who is discounting vaccine to us we'll be giving a discount passed on to dog owners so that next june 20th people can come in and um, get a vaccine at a lower cost and again part of the goal is if we can get more super immunity in in the dog population we decrease the likelihood of this becoming a really bad pandemic Good. And you mentioned June 20th. So are most of the vets around the country participating in this or should people call and see if they can get a discount? Do you know about anything like that? You know, I don't know. I know that we, so the best thing is to call your veterinarian. Yeah, there you go. They say, right. Because you may be in an area, and and again, I don't know all the areas of the country, and you may be in an isolated spot where they don't think that it is appropriate. Where we are, as I said, we've already had the two deaths in North Carolina, and I'm not going to take any chances. My dog's have both been vaccinated and I'm just not taking any chances. So, and then talk to them about the flu day and and where they are. Again, the pharmaceutical company came forward and they're underwriting some of it. So we're passing that on uh, to the consumer so that their pet is protected. Absolutely. And I like that. I want to encourage everyone to call your veterinarian and tell them that you know that there is an official dog flu vaccination day and encourage them to maybe participate and give some incentives to get the dogs immunized. I, I like that. Then we can do that ourselves. And yeah, I love that. I think Merrick is one of the, the health companies that are participating in this and the North Carolina Veterinary Medical Association. So we're always very, very thankful. Big shout out to these organizations that are helping keep our dogs healthy. And also I saw that there's a hashtag associated with this dog flu day. So if you all out there are Twittering or Facebooking, please let everybody know. Hashtag dog flu day. And if you want to do that, you can also hashtag super smiley and his trademark hashtag share kindness to spread the word about keeping your dogs healthy and safe and sharing kindness. And let's see. Oh, Dr. Canarney, for people near us in North Carolina, because that's what we're talking about. How can they join in on your dog flu day? I know you're at Reedsville Veterinary Hospital. Do you want to give your phone number or tell a little bit about so the clinic you could, there? Um, you could contact that. We have a webpage. It's reedsvillevet.com. Okay. Our phone number is 336-349-349. 3194. We have a, a clinic in Reedsville. It's been there about 80 years. We have multiple doctors. We see emergencies till midnight and we will be promoting and joining in on dog flu day and giving a discount passed on to um, dog owners. So, I love again, that. We really think it's important. I personally think it's important, again, for the whole population. We don't want a pandemic coming through. No, that would be terrible. And Angel and Smiley are definitely going to be vaccinated as well. So that's very cool. And I also love that Dog Flu Day is about education, which is exactly what we're doing today. So in addition to getting them vaccinated, how can we protect our dogs from being exposed? You mentioned maybe not letting them drink after each other in the dog park or maybe not visiting these like, you know, stores all the time. Like maybe they used to go shopping every day. What would you suggest for our do- how we adjust our behavior a little bit during this? Well, you know, so again, to me, it goes back to common sense 101. I would not go into a facility where I knew there were a lot of people with the flu unless I had been vaccinated. 
Okay. And then I had to. So I would not want to take my dog into a large crowd of dogs unless I know that my dogs were vaccinated and people were vaccinating the dogs. So when you're thinking of letting your dog going to sniff another dog at the dog park, probably you don't want to do that right now. If you think right. bring your own bowls for water, your own bottled water to feed them and drink, let them drink and not get into this, the group things. If you're going to be boarding your dog, make sure you talk to the, uh, the place where you're boarding and make sure that they work on having dogs be vaccinated for, for a lot of the things and that it's a high quality place. And, and so just take the precaution, take the common sense precaution of it's like, well, you know, maybe instead of going to the dog park today, I'll just, you know, take a walk down um, the street. Or, you know, so the things that we may want to be doing until we get a handle on this flu. Right. And I think a lot of those things you said are just good common sense to do every day. You know, I always bring my own dog bowls, those little soft foldable dog bowls. They're so simple. You know, to take precautions like that is what I try to do all the time. Anyway, so those are really good ideas. And Dr. Canarney, thank you so much for taking such good care of Angel and Smiley. We are just thrilled to have you as our veterinarian in North Carolina. And we're just so lucky that you live here in North Carolina. You're so accessible to all of us. And what kind of dogs, what dogs do you have at home? now do you have any dogs or horses in your family now so i have a standard poodle named pierce and, and he's pierce. looking at me right now <laughs> saying do you ever not stop talking and um, he was the first one vaccinated and he Aww. goes ever with me and then we have a little mixed dog madison uh, who's only about five pounds and uh, she's the vocal one of the household and then i have a few horses so actually at 8 30 this morning i was out riding my horse and that oh, is my I fun time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I great. love that. Now, is it a, do you have an Arabian? Is this an Arabian? So this one is a saddlebred. So I oh. have um, an Arabian and a half Arabian, a saddlebred. And so uh, this one is a really, you know, she's really a neat horse. And uh, in fact, we actually bred her and um, flushed an embryo last week. And hopefully we'll have a couple babies this year by her. The good thing is I can send the embryos to a surrogate. And I still get to ride her, and she gets to enjoy it. Aw, aw. Well, that's beautiful. That's beautiful that you love your horses. Um, Starfire and Minnie Haha just moved over to Shooting Star Farm, so they're having a wonderful time over there. And I may go see them right after this show. And Dr. Kanani, my favorite question, what have you learned from your dogs or pets? Have they taught you anything lately? You know, they do all the time, and I think it's to be a good listener. You know, uh-huh. They yep. listen to me all the time. And, you know, when you look at what I do, it's important for me to listen to you and to Angel as it is for me to do the talking. I hear you. I hear you. I agree. As a dog trainer, that's the main thing is listening to what that dog needs, how they're going to communicate. You agree with that, too? With the horses, too. It's all about Absolutely. listening. Absolutely. I Absolutely. love it. Dr. Canardi, you're so wonderful and super smiley and I are so grateful again to have you on as our vet and part of our team. And you'll be coming back on our show again with some more advice. Is that right? Can we count on that? Come back Absolutely. again? Absolutely. You can count <laughs> on it. Yep. Because anything we can do to educate everyone about uh, how to take the best care of their family members, I'm all for it. I agree. I agree, Dr. Canarney. And also, a great big thank you and shout out to our super producer, Mark Winter, for bringing a super smiley adventure out to the world. Thank you to our amazing pet loving audience for joining us today. And everybody, come out and join us July 1st at LaBauer Park in Greensboro, North Carolina, for it's called Megan Blake's Group Dog Training. And right now, if you're not driving, that is, go to kindnessfilms.com. 
to see our kindness documentaries, which are guaranteed to make you smile. And if you share them, we want to ask you to hashtag Dog Flu Day. Right, Dr. Canardi? We're going to share that news. Dog Flu Day. Yep. Right. Yep. Hashtag Super Smiley and hashtag Share Kindness, which is always a good hashtag to use. And again, thank you so much, Dr. Canardi, for joining us. That's Dr. Joseph Canardi. Thank you, Dr. Canardi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And from all of us here on Pet Life Radio on a Super Smiley Adventure, we hope you love all your adventures with your pets. And until next time, woof and super smile. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.